0: Welcome back to Big Girls Do Cry. I'm your host, Sandiella. In today's episode, we will be covering self-sabotage and representation. I personally am very excited to delve into this topic. I feel as though whenever anyone talks about something they're passionate about, I am always so interested. One of the best ways to learn and to grow is to have a conversation, sit down with somebody and see how they feel about something they're very passionate about and today I will be speaking about these two topics which mean a lot to me. I have experienced a lot in my personal life that I feel deals with self-sabotage and honestly a lot of it I have attributed to representation. Although those are two things that may not intersect quite often, I do feel as though it is really important for us to take a step back and see how representation affects our lives, whether that be representation in movies, TV, music, any field that you name. It can be extremely disheartening and it can be extremely encouraging depending on who you are. Before we delve too deep into that though, because I could go on about that forever and we'd never get to our segments, let's get on to this week's weekly recap okay besties i'm telling you right now this is probably the most cozy and most i for lack of better words vibes (laughs) i hated that i hated all of that but this is honestly the most vibey i've ever felt recording the podcast i have my tea, I'm in my cozy sweat set, I just did my skincare routine. This is exactly what I imagined when I imagined people listening to this podcast, but unfortunately for the last two episodes, I don't think I was in the no stress mindset, so I didn't really feel like it was the time to unwind and this time recording this episode, I feel so relaxed. I feel very grateful. I feel very ready to get into this with you guys. I don't know. But anyway, for this week's weekly recap, I have been at home with my parents. I've been getting taken care of and pampered by my mother. (laughs) And honestly, As somebody who lives by themselves and tries to be a self-sufficient person, it feels really nice to have somebody asking me what I want for dinner or if I put gas in my car. And sometimes it is a little bit hard to have Asian parents who are constantly reminding me that I'm not ready to do this on my own. But after getting so tired the past two months back from school, I'm like, you know what? This is nice. This is this is great to have these people behind me supporting me, and yeah, this week has been amazing spending time with my family. I've been working a lot, just doing a lot of the little things that I didn't really get the time to. I've been trying to catch up on my Christmas shopping, just finished an episode of Anything Goes, and I still have yet to listen to The Wellness Cafe, which I try to listen to every week that it comes out. I love both Emma and Trinity's styles of podcasting. They are my podcasting idols. If you haven't checked out either, of those, you definitely should. They're two amazing podcasts that inspired me to get into the world of podcasting, I guess. So, and I've been listening to podcasts nonstop, but that's kind of it for this week's weekly recap. I'm a lot more energetic, a lot happier. I think having that downtime is really nice. And if you haven't gotten to have that downtime yet, honestly, just take a break, even if it's just a quick 20-minute break, even if you have to pause the podcast and just, like, let yourself breathe a little bit. Get into that meditation, girl. Do that 20-minute yoga. Do whatever makes you feel relaxed and come back to this. I will be back here waiting for you, and if this podcast makes you feel relaxed, then I am honestly so grateful for you. I'm that's amazing. That makes me really happy. So if you want to listen to this while you're relaxing, then that would be amazing as well. But hopefully your weekly recap next week will be a little bit better if you didn't get to de-stress. And if you did get to de-stress, happy for you. This week's weekly faves are so nostalgic. I feel like ever since I've been back home, I'm not sure if anyone else feels this way. But every time I come back home, I fall into this sense of my high school self, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. I've learned that every time I come home, I feel way more relaxed. I feel happier. I feel more ready to do little tasks, but I quite frequently lose sight of the bigger picture when I'm home. It feels like time stops and nothing is real because I'm at home rather than in an environment where I'm constantly going to work or school or all the different things. So, this week's weekly faves are throwbacks from high school. The beauty fave of this week is probably the most no-frills item I own, it is the Vaseline Advanced Repair Lotion. It's a $5 body lotion. I literally used to use it every day, and I've currently fallen back into that routine. Just I saw it in my room, and I was like, oh, why not? Every time I put it on and I just lay in my bed, after it dries, I feel so relaxed, and I feel... I don't know. It doesn't have a scent and it's not like one of those relaxing lotions where it uses aromatherapy or it feels luxurious. Like it's not anything like that at all. I think it's also the nostalgia of having something from high school stay consistent. I am honestly a really sentimental person in a weird way because I think of small tiny things, and I'm like, oh my god, back in high school, or like, oh my god, back in the eighth grade, or oh my god, back when I was a kid, like, I always tie things to earlier points in my life, and this is one of those things that's really odd, because it's literally just lotion, like, you can pick this up at Walmart, it really doesn't matter that much, it's not that deep, but Every time I smell it or I use it, I think back to when I was younger and I used to use it and what I, you know, me rushing out of bed and like putting it on really fast or like coming home after a long day. And this honestly sounds so dumb when I'm thinking about it because I'm like, girl, you just spent a minute talking about lotion, but it's the feeling. It's the feeling of being back in my high school era, which is kind of gross, but also kind of, Nice to look back on as somebody who's now a senior in college. It feels like I've done a lot of growth since then. And looking back on it is just really satisfying sometimes. My biggest food fave right now is this instant ramen. I don't remember what it's called, but it's an instant miso ramen. And it was so good. It literally comes with the chili oil and like you know all of the other things that ramen comes with so it has like the corn and the little tiny green onions and then it also comes with like a miso soup base so that has been my go-to because i've been working a lot more recently so i've been more on the go and i kind of hate that instant ramen was a staple this week but i will be honest that was the fave of the week and i can't lie to you guys i will be eating it again even though I know it's not great for me, but, you know, in moderation. Everyone needs a little instant ramen in their life sometimes. Um, (laughs) It's really funny to talk wellness right after that, knowing that I just told you guys about instant ramen, and then I'm going to talk about taking care of yourself. It feels a little bit It feels a little bit like it doesn't make sense, but you know what? We're going to go with it. That's adulthood. Adulthood is eating instant ramen and then doing yoga and then eating healthy for a week and then not doing shit. That's what adulthood is. We're figuring it out. So weekly wellness fave for this week has been what I wanted it to be, which is listening to podcasts and also SOS. Can't believe I forgot to mention that in the weekly recap, but I have literally been listening to SOS non-fucking-stop. I cannot stop listening to it. That is the only thing I put on in the car if I'm not listening to a podcast. I haven't listened to a single song besides what Spotify has recommended me ever since that album came out. When Control came out, I didn't stop listening to it for like a month straight, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be the same exact thing that happens with this album. Currently... Because I have no idea if anyone cares, but I'm going to tell you guys my favorites. Ghost in the Machine, period. Artsy, Phoebe Bridgers, I honestly, mic drop. That was a mic drop. They ate with that one. I don't even, I have never thought about SZA and Phoebe Bridgers on a song together. But the minute they did it, I was like, wow. F2F is so good. F2F is just, it's so amazing how she can genre bend like that. It is self-care to listen to F2F, even though it's not one of those songs that you want to feel happy to. I also love Open Arms. Hearing Travis Scott sing, that was a little bit emotional, a little bit like I want to go into my bed and cry, but like in a good way. I also love Low just because it makes me want to shake ass. I mean, like, you know, what's wrong with shaking a little bit of ass? And obviously honorable mentions I do have to mention special because it's just the continuation of normal girl dude it hurts it hurts as somebody who was what how old was I I think I was 16 when I listened to control and I felt that shit so hard not even being an adult and now being 21 and listening to SOS I'm like wow it feels full circle it feels like we've grown she's honestly just done so amazing with this album and that is my weekly wellness fave for the week i don't even care if that's not technically wellness listening to that album was an hour of just straight up emotional catharsis and i loved it if you haven't listened to sos yet which is probably very highly unlikely if you haven't yet you have to it is just simply a requirement Now we have our main topic. We will be discussing self sabotage and representation. Again, I already covered a little bit about this earlier, but I am just really excited to get into this with you guys today. This is a topic that I have frequent conversations with my friends about all the time. It is one of those things that I could stay up for hours talking about just because I feel like it has had such a monumental impact on my life, and here's why. So, basically, growing up without seeing a lot of Asian representation in the media, it really made me feel like I could never achieve what I wanted. Childhood dreams of mine were always in the spotlight. I wanted to be a recording artist, an actress. I never wanted to do the typical 9 to 5. I still don't, but... My dreams have changed a little bit since then, but I have always had a love for the performing arts. I grew up singing, dancing, and acting. I did all three. I was a quote-unquote triple threat at five years old. (laughs) As the years have gone by, I've slowly shed some of those skins and not been as interested but then gone back and i think part of me has always wanted to be in the limelight i'm just one of those people who loves the arts even if i am not the best at them i've always wanted to be a singer and all those things but when i was younger i also struggled really hard because i never saw anyone that looked like me you know when i was growing up we didn't have olivia Rodrigo. We didn't have Simulu. We didn't have all this Asian representation that we do now. But even now, it's not to the point where I'd like it to be. Um, statistically, I'm pretty sure there's 5% Asians in movies and television. And that is definitely not where it should be. But it is unfortunate that we grow up not seeing ourselves in the media. And so, as a young girl from the Philippines, I always really struggled with, one, not seeing people who looked like me in the fields I wanted to pursue, but also just, apart from it being a career, I always struggled with feeling good about myself. I always wanted to be blonde, I always wanted to be white, I always wanted to be all the things that are the opposite of what I actually am and I really struggled with it as a kid I even remember when I was younger asking my mom to buy me a blonde wig and I would wear it around the house which is so sad it is honestly really sad for me to think about but thinking about now the way that my confidence has grown it's also nice to be able to realize that all the things I've gone through in the past few years have helped me become a lot more confident with who I am I also grew up in a very predominantly white town, which I think was really big for me, was not being surrounded by Asian people and then also not really ever being exposed to Asian people being powerful or Asian people being able to be versatile. You know, we were often typecasted as nerds or as the ugly girl or like just all these other things that never made me feel like the industry would accept me for who I was there was a lot of things that I was passionate about back then that I don't feel like I had the chance to pursue and so later on in life I was constantly giving up and I couldn't figure out why I was giving up on all these things for example I quit singing when I was In high school I think I was a junior when I decided I didn't want to sing anymore and my mom would ask me why why don't you want to sing that this has been such a big part of your life are you sure and I had just gotten so sick and tired of not being able to see a Southeast Asian woman and I always believed that I was never good enough and so I just quit and even though I really loved singing and to this day I still sing all the time but not professionally anymore I sometimes regret it. I sometimes regret thinking about what my life could have been like if I had just stuck with it. Would I have been famous? Probably not. Statistically speaking, no. But would I have been better at my craft? Would I have been able to hone in on my skills? Would I have been able to write more, read music, play the piano better? Yes, for sure. Because I would have been practicing those things on the daily, not for the promise of success, but more so to fulfill myself and to fulfill what I really love to do. And so the point of me telling that story is to segue into our topic about self-sabotage. In that particular scenario and other scenarios in my life, I feel like I really did self-sabotage. I think I quit before I failed because I was too scared to fail. And I think that came from not seeing anyone who looked like me or was like me in the industry. And I think it's really disheartening to see so many young girls quit their dreams or change their dreams just because they feel like they can't see anyone to look up to. Um and it's not the same for every ethnic group. You know, things are always so different and there's a lot of factors that come with that as well, but it's definitely something in my personal experience that I've seen. What I've learned from this, I've learned three main lessons. So, for the first lesson I've learned is, you will never find success until you learn to back yourself. Personally, this year, I feel like I've done a lot of growth in that aspect. I don't think I would have ever been confident enough to talk about this and talk about my own personal failure until everything that I've done this year. I started content creation. I started my podcast and I started not giving a fuck about what people think about me. I was so crippled for most of my life by my own perception of how others thought about me. No one had ever told me Yeah, you're annoying. I'm sure they've thought it. I wouldn't be surprised if people have thought that I'm annoying. But that doesn't bother me anymore. Because all those times that I stopped myself from making the content that I wanted, all those times that I didn't hit post, all those times that I deleted the videos off my YouTube channel or got embarrassed or didn't want to show people what I could make, those were me taking steps back. Because I wasn't backing myself. To be honest, there is nobody out there besides maybe your family and your close friends who will believe in you if you don't believe in yourself first. And that is unfortunately the hard truth. Your mom, your dad, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever. They will probably believe in you if you don't believe in yourself because they've gotten the time to know you they've gotten the time to see what you can do your talent even when you're not looking what you can offer the world they know that without looking at you everyone else who doesn't know you at first glance if you do not back yourself they will turn around and they will go look for somebody else who is confident and sure in themselves because you cannot make something out of someone if they do not want to be made. And that is the second lesson. Being confident in what you are putting out is the only way you will be taken seriously. For example, if you are already putting yourself down when you're creating, that is grounds for people becoming disinterested in what you have to say and or create. If I'm going to put out a video and then I get embarrassed and say, please don't watch this, Who's going to watch my video? Probably three people are going to click on it to wonder why did she say don't watch this? Three people out of a thousand. That's my guess because people are not going to waste their time on what you don't think is valuable enough for them to see. If you the creator do not believe in your own product or your own creation why would anyone waste their time on you? If you are not excited about what you are doing, why should anyone else be excited about it? And so, when it comes to anything that you're doing in your life, literally anything, whether you be interested in content creation, whether you be interested in starting a music career, even if you're just going to school and you're really passionate about a project that you did, if you are not excited or proud of what you are making, how will anyone ever believe in you? How will anyone ever believe that you are worth viewing or you are worth taking the time out of their day to believe in if you don't even believe that? And this is not supposed to be some pseudo bullshit advice or some pseudo bullshit, I don't know, like wellness talk. It's really not even that. It's more so just like, in my own personal life, I've held myself back so many different times. I've been such a start-stop person because I can never get over the fact that people may be thinking certain things about me. But if you don't stop thinking in that way, then you will always hold yourself back. If you tell yourself that you are not what people are looking for, then you're not. You're the first line of defense when it comes to other people talking about you. All those things that people are going to say, they're going to say it anyway. So why not do what you want and have them say that instead, rather than them saying stuff about you anyway and you also losing because you didn't get to do what you wanted to do? That's what I tell myself every day. That is definitely one of the biggest lessons I've learned, is being confident in what you are putting out is the only way you will be taken seriously. And third, if you act as though you should be a professional, then you will be a professional. It all comes with faking it until you make it. And this is not me saying that you should fake expertise in something and say that you have a master's in video editing, so you're perfect for this job. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that to be taken seriously, you have to be professional. If you Podcasting, I'm just going to use this as an example because this is the most readily available thing in my mind. If podcasting is your dream, then don't not take it seriously because you don't want people to think that you care too much. You won't get anywhere. Anyone who's anyone in any field that you desire to be in has tried for that, even just a little. Even the nepotism babies had to look stupid to do something. You just didn't see it because they're nepotism babies and already had their privilege. You know what I mean? So, all those people, even Emma Chamberlain, she looked quote-unquote dumb. People thought that she was annoying. People thought that she was dumb. Guess where she is now? She's going to the Met Gala. She was on the cover of Vogue. She's making millions of dollars and paying for her whole entire lifestyle just by uploading more videos and more content. If you don't act professional then nobody will take you seriously and that is all forms of self-sabotage not backing yourself not being confident and not being professional are three ways that you will experience self-sabotage and you probably have already experienced it even if you don't notice yet Because I definitely think that's what happened to me. I think for so much of my life, I was self-sabotaging without me even knowing it. And when I grew up and finally realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the reason why I've been failing. Do I think that I am the most successful person ever or I've hit my peak? God, I really hope not. (laughs) I really don't think that I'm like the lead person in advice or whatever, but If you're looking at me, just some random college student who is trying to figure out adulting and you see that, wow, I kind of wish that I could do something like that. Not my podcast has millions of views or thousands of views. It's not that, but it's the fact that I even just started because I used to look at people who would start things and be like, God, I wish I could do that. I don't even care that they don't get views. I just wish I had the confidence to do that. If that's you. Stop caring what other people think about you. You are literally self-sabotaging yourself. And so with this problem that I have presented to you guys, what are we going to do about it? Well, you obviously don't have to take my advice because again, I am just some random girl on the internet, but I do have a couple key points that I feel like really help with how to stop caring about what others will think. So the first is realizing that people will inevitably make fun of you and make comments about your life, but if you don't pursue what you love, that will only stop you in the end. There are so many people in this world, so many, and every time you post on the internet or every time you try and get what you want, you will always make yourself more visible to people because you will stand out. You will stand out when you go to a job, and say, I want this raise. People, or at least even just your boss, they will look at you and they will notice you after demanding what you want. You will be noticed. And they may make comments about you. You may get shit talked behind your back. You may even get shit talked to your face. But the payoff is so much greater in the end than it would have been if you didn't try. Another way of how I think about it is, has every negative thought I've had about someone been valid? The answer to that question is absolutely not, and that's true for the negative thoughts that other people have had. We as humans tend to be judgmental and we tend to be negative. Even the most purest of hearts have had times where they think negative thoughts about other people. It just is how it is. It sucks that it's going to get vocalized to their closest friends, but if you think about it, We need to normalize the fact that this is what happens. Other people are going to talk about you. That's just what life is. But you also talk about other people. And has every thought you've ever had actually affected anyone in your life? Probably not. You've probably had a thought or two about somebody that you'd consider a distant friend. And you've thought, oh yeah, I didn't really like their makeup in that post. But they posted that makeup. And to them, they slayed it. And you know what? They're happy. They're happy that they slayed that makeup look, even if you didn't like it. So think about it. If someone is thinking or viewing my podcast and they're like, "Mm, not really my style. Yeah, I don't know why she would start a podcast. Doesn't even make sense. I'm not really into it. Who does that affect more? It doesn't affect me. I didn't even hear it. And even if I did, I'm still making the podcast. I'm still happy doing this. So it doesn't really affect me. But to them, they have that thought, they wash it away, doesn't really affect them either. The thoughts that we have about other people often do not affect the grand scheme of things. Now, if it is something obviously problematic or something well worth talking about, then that is obviously a different conversation. What I'm talking about right now, just for clarification, are tiny negative thoughts that you think people have about you. Like, oh, she's annoying. Oh, that's ugly. Oh, I don't like that. These little personal opinions that hold no value in the greater scheme of what you're doing. Ignore those. You will not find success until you learn to be happy with what you have and what you're creating and to push those away. As cliche as it sounds, that's just what life is. And my other piece of advice is something that relies a little bit more on how you value the lives of other people rather than your own life's value. And again, with my advice, you obviously don't have to take it, but this is something that I think about a lot when I think about this topic coming back to representation. When it comes to not seeing ourselves on the screen, we often get discouraged I just spent a whole entire episode talking about how not seeing myself in the spaces I wanted to be represented in were very difficult for me growing up, and that in turn made it harder for me to want to pursue a career in those things. I also wanted to talk about paying it forward. Today, I had a very long conversation with my mom over dinner about how she and my dad immigrated to the States when they were just 26 years old. As a child, I really did not think that that was super young, but now as a 21-year-old, almost 22-year-old, I'm thinking that's really young to relocate to a different country where the language is not your first language and you don't know anybody except one person. I can't help but think of how difficult that must have had to be for them. And so, in this sense, my parents made this sacrifice so that I could have a better life. Something that I think about when I think about creating space for people like me is that I want there to one day be enough Southeast Asian women in any industry that a little girl who looks like me won't feel discouraged. And occasionally, that's a thought that keeps me going. I often think about how people's choices in the now can greatly affect other people's futures, and maybe it won't be me, maybe it won't be somebody I know, but there definitely is other Southeast Asian women working hard out there to create space for us, and if it's not me, then it's someone else but who will really know until we try? So I always think about that. I always think about how my choices can one day make someone's life a little bit easier, make someone's life feel a little bit more seen. And I had wished so badly when I was younger that there was somebody who looked like me up there that I decided maybe one day it'll be me or maybe one day it'll be with my work that it is easier for somebody to be seen like that. And so After all this time, even after I've decided that I don't want a career in the performing arts but I'd rather do something else, I hope to one day be able to make a change and pay it forward and hopefully the sacrifice that my parents made and the sacrifice that I may make in my future career will help with all that other stuff. Maybe one day there will be a little girl who looks like me who will see somebody like me and not just think it's a dream, but they'll think that it's actually something attainable and something they can work towards and they won't self-sabotage. So that's kind of how I feel representation reflects a lot in our personal lives and how we quit before failing just because we're afraid. Let me know your thoughts about this. I would love to hear anyone's thoughts. You can follow Big Girls Cry Podcast on Instagram, and you can also follow me, Savindiella, S-V-N-D-I-E-L-A, on Instagram. Those are two places that you can reach us, you can DM us, and honestly, if you also want to, you can still go ahead and fill out the Google form, I will be linking it in the description box below. That is not all I have to say on the matter, but I do know that this episode could be hours long if I really wanted it to be, so I will stop it there, but if anyone wants to chat more about this topic, I would be greatly interested in hearing what you have to say. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the late night debrief and it's been a pleasure spending this time with you guys again. Let me know your thoughts. Leave Big Girls Do Cry a rating and a review if you do feel so inclined. We would really, really appreciate it so that we can push out this pod to more people just like you who would like to have a new bestie, and yeah, I will see you guys in our next episode.